Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 474. Anthony and I were taking a road trip up north to have some fun with some friends, and along the way we decided to record uh, some of our thoughts on the new and improved and reinvented G4. For some of you that don't remember what G4 is, it was a tech-slash-gaming-slash-pop-culture Slash, it later became a whole cops network. But besides that inside joke of cops ruining G4, it was something that in my younger days really got me to know a lot of the ins and outs of pop culture and everything that I know and love that has brought Drunk on Comics to be what it is today. So we had a great conversation about some of the new bits, some of the new hosts, and a little bit of everything of G4. So. Grab a cold one and go down Nostalgia Lane with Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 474, The Return of G4. simultaneously youtube doesn't automatically do ad breaks but twitch does or something i'm, I'm not so familiar with so twitch. with twitch with ad breaks as a creator you have a couple options you can either um there are limitations so you can stretch out ad breaks but you can only do or you can only go ad free for so long but at, on your creator portal you're, typically, people are using like OBS as a couple apps that you know one of the popular apps to do it. There's like a little button where you can basically see say run ad break. You can say a minute, minute and a half, whatever, and they can actually set it up to where when they run an ad break, and if you watch the Twitch over the uh, this week with them reviving, a little timer comes up, right? Yeah. A minute and a half or whatever it times right with the ad breaks. Um, so you can just like you know, and that's if you're not a subscriber. If you're a subscriber, you don't get the ads. Um, and that's specifically on Twitch, right? But it corresponds with regular commercial breaks on TV. Yeah, because that's how they would break up yep. the episode with some filler here or there of if they have to bleep something out. or. And I, I saw one really interesting, you know, along this uh, lines of this is the interview that they had with between uh, Kevin Pereira and Adam Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went to a commercial break, right? And they do the classic zoom out. And then on TV, it cuts, right? You start seeing, you know, shampoo ads or whatever. And then it comes back and they zoom back in. But because the process is a little different because they're also live streaming, Kevin actually makes a comment. He's like, we're just going to act like you can hear him <laughs> yeah. talking, right? He's like, we're just going to act like we know when we're coming back. I don't know how that's supposed to work. He's like, oh, the camera's coming back in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so there's a lot of these, like, more... 
I think that's an advantage, right? Back if you just launch the channel again, that's cool. But the fact that they had the whole like summer beach party, um, that really... entertainment, it just like they were able to get comfortable with working in a streaming environment, and then you just take that content and polish it for TV. Well, right? the, and it was kind of like a, a quick run for their new hosts that they were having yeah. brought on, and yep. how what dynamic would fit where. Because I'm assuming when they were doing the interviews for everyone, like they kind of had like a thought of maybe this person will be better fit for X play yep. or attack the show or, you know, this or that. And obviously with what they've already announced, uh, all the people for where they're going to be at that it, I see it makes sense for where, where the people are at for who they are. Yes. Yep. And I'm just, I'm, I'm loving every second of it. The beach party thing was great. Cause obviously they were supposed to launch last year and then COVID hit. And so they had to, do something and it was nice you know that was a way that they could probably you know not really pay the bills they didn't really have sponsorships then but even the the um the shameless plugs that they sometimes have oh yeah <laughs> is the only time where i i find it funny is when you do it just shamelessly like put it out there like i can't wait to get another dr pepper yeah you know, it's a uh, twenty-three reminiscent flavors. of the Wayne's World skit, a yeah. portion of Wayne's World, where they're like, oh, "I would never get caught branding," and then they've got like, you know, a Pizza Hut pizza comes in and a big. Oh, Pepsi. I got a headache. Here, yeah. take two of these. <laughs> like, and and even then, I, I will say this: branding is just—it's something that just is in yes. the world. I yep. don't necessarily not don't necessarily like it so much in when I'm watching a movie and it's just like blatantly pulls me out of the movie when they like zoom in on something yep. but like if someone's drinking a coke and they put it down in the scene and you follow the person away like there's your product placement you saw that but it didn't get like just zoomed in like uh I know for a fact uh, Terminator the oh, which one the one in the future they blow up a 7-Eleven when I used oh, okay. to work for 7-Eleven, yep. we did a lot of cross promotions with a lot of Genesis? movies. Yes, maybe. Genesis, yeah, yeah. With and, uh, Christian Bale. Yes. Yes. Yep. And it, it that's not the only movie where like a 7-Eleven's been blown up. And like for me, I used to get giddy when I worked for the company that yeah. there it is. But sometimes it was just like, yeah, you know why it's there, and hopefully it's going to get blown up. And yeah. well, and it's nice, you know with that right like we're saying it's nice that they they know right it's almost yeah. like it's meta yeah and and the idea that it's like self-referencing they're like yeah we know we're doing advertisements but but you got to and we it, gotta make money I, I bring this up just because there's people that are complaining in the chats of like have, have you ever watched like g4 before because they used to do the same thing, making some fun in light of it sometimes well, when they knew they had to. And, you know, it, it makes me go, this is one of those things where I kind of go into old man mode, right? Where it's like, back in my day, we didn't even have the option. <laughs> you know, we just had to sit through the commercials. You didn't, you you had the back and forth button, right? You, you're watching two channels at one time. When one goes to ads, you switch to the other. And then you've got your one show that you really want to watch. So you're like flipping back repeatedly to maybe catch it. It's like, man, life is a lot easier now. Don't complain about a minute and a half ad break. I was, that's the other thing, too, I was watching on Twitch. The ad breaks were not that bad. Um, and with the just the advent of modern, how we consume media nowadays being so different, it's like, man, I can go get a sandwich. I know exactly how long I have left. I would have loved a timer on TV to know when I should come oh, back, yeah. when Power Rangers would start back up again, right? Go get some uh, a refresh on your... Uh, bagel bites or whatever it is. <laughs> so I, I'm loving it. I'll say so far, content well, wise. In, in so what they have so far with content that they're always expanding. Like they have what they say they're going to do on their schedule uh, when it's going to go live on YouTube's and Twitch. And usually, if you pull into the stream about an hour before, and also plan on an hour afterwards. It's filming for at least three hours-ish, let's say, a night so far that they've been doing it. I think the first night, which was only supposed to be like a two-hour program, was like four and a half, five hours. 
of pre-content of just people just chilling and playing games and talking to whatever the after show was uh, the other night. Um, it That's what I love. It's just raw. It's just improv. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just them being people. They're not trying to be anything else. And that's why I think I always love G4 is they are true gamers. They are true nerds. Yep. They truly enjoy these things. Well, and if you go, you look at the uh, the, the walkthrough, so this is the pre-launch limited studio tour that Kasim gives. Um, you know, there's a lot of jokes <laughs> about we can't show you this or that, right, because we're not officially launched. And he goes to the sign, the, he's like, we've got all these signs, and it's just basically acronyms, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just making up random things, but you know, with that, the first sign is we never stopped gaming, right? So like gaming isn't just an X-Play thing. It's a core G4 element, right? Um, and it is core, and I've seen people talk about it should only be gaming, but you forget it was merged with tech TV. Yep. And so there is technology that is not gaming, that true is to their core, but also when Attack of the Show came out, that was just nerd culture. Yeah. And that's honestly one of the key components that made me get so much into geekdom, nerddom, whatever you want to call this dumb. Well, back in the back in the uh, you know G four channel days, like you know before they disappeared, you take like E three, right? That was like a big deal. Yeah. It was all all E three all day for the couple days that it was available, right? They were doing coverage, they were doing keynote coverage, they were, like, walking through booths and stuff like that. So you felt like you were at E3, right? So, Mm -hmm. again, gaming, a gaming conference, big deal. But much like if, you know, E3 is very specific, but if you go to any any Comic-Cons and any cities... Oh, they would be set up at Comic-Con as well. Yeah, they were there. And then you look at the culture of a Comic-Con, right? You've got anime fans combined with, like, sword collecting aficionados uh you know people are collecting like swords and like just weapons in general medieval to nerdy like samurai stuff and then you've got you know body pillows uh, or people want like waifu pillows and things like that there you got k-pop dance you know comic cons will have a whole dance floor where people just go dance k-pop songs and stuff like that it's an eclectic collection right it's all of these different subcultures, you know, in the nerd genre, sci-fi fans, fantasy fans, they're all together, they're all there, they're celebrating you, wrestling, right, you look at the celebrities and you've got the gamut from uh, animated voice actors, whether in anime or even like Disney cartoons, right, Rapunzel, uh, the voice actors for Ariel, or Ariel, all these kinds of characters are all in the same thing of Comic-Con. G4 is the channel version of that, right, where yes, Gaming is a core element, but the overall nerd universe is, I mean, that's, you know, I think Attack of the Show is revolutionary in that sense, right? And saying, we know that our viewers are gamers, but also they're, you know, there might be somebody who's like, oh, I really only play Mario Party or Mario Kart Party games, but I also want to see what's going on in the anime world or see what's going on, like, the the, the sci-fi, all these other different subgenres of the nerding nerd world and see what that looks like, G4, or Attack of the Show did it. And it's doing it again. You know, I'd say that again. And right now, I they're still working on different cable providers to be able to run the channel linear. Yep. And so they always keep saying streaming or linear. Streaming being the internet, linear being TV. And it's funny too, the, the hosts even don't know how to necessarily start in this new age of, of both he'll be like to everyone that's live right now (laughs) and if you're watching this on tv it's already a day late like and that's how they start off their shows this week and getting into the shows obviously they brought back x play and an attack of the show but they also have expanded on part of attack of the show which they're calling attack of the show the loop but the loop used to be when they would get someone to come in kind of talk for a quick five, ten minutes about a topic, now they're doing it into a video podcast format, which you could probably get the audio uh, podcast on Spotify or something else, but they'll also chop it up to where it's a video podcast that you can 
get on YouTube if you missed watching it, or they will air it later on TV as well for people to tune in then. Well, I think it's an, it's such like a clever demonstration of using all of the media tools, right? Not just hitting one thing, and it's not just being like, oh, you know, we're this media and we're gonna, you can catch us here, right? You know, especially in a modern age where you've got people who are like, oh, I signed with Netflix, I signed with Apple. Think of all the Apple TV Plus shows that are coming out right now. You know, Netflix shows, Hulu's got their own, Disney's got their own, all these different streaming services. You know, G4 is like, hey, why don't we just like make it available and how people want to consume it, right? Some people want to consume it in the more traditional television channel format, right? They've got cable TV and so they're doing that. Some people want to do it in the on-demand as it's happening Twitch live. And I do think, you know, to your point of that kind of like raw, natural and enjoying that, I think it's a fun experience and the crowd is getting into it that seeing them figure it out, right? We're watching them figure it out live yep. where, again, like I said, they don't necessarily even know that, um, hit a deer. Just ran over it though. <laughs> so hopefully my tire didn't blow up, but, um, yeah, the, uh, just the idea that we're able to consume it how I want. Yes. Right. So. And, and it's consumable any way that anyone wants. Yes. What I was going to say, though, before getting on to all that, uh, is the shows that they have right now. So we have those two shows. We have the original Attack List show, and then we also have uh, Invite to Party, and that is going to be their D&D-type show. Yep. So anyone that has heard of any other D&D-type shows, most people have probably heard of Critical Role if you have heard of D&D shows. Adventure Zone, Dungeons and Daddies, there's like a dozen, there yeah. hundreds of them now. Glass but, Cannon, I believe, is yeah. one. Uh, this is going to be the G4 host type show, playing their characters and having some fun, which, very looking forward to that. I think it's going to be one of, it's definitely going to be one of those co uh, campaigns where a lot of, like, ridiculous stuff happens, right? And the characters are like, I'm going to do this crazy thing, and, you know, I think it's always fun to watch or listen to a DM struggle to react to how their players and I could never I think it would be fun but also the most nerve-wracking experience to DM for the G4 staff of all people uh, so I mean that's well, it, I find out. it's going to be interesting because it's going to be streamed live yep where I, I, Critical Role is not streamed live it is streamed live uh, but is what, it when it's first Yep. Streaming? Yep. Okay. On Twitch. They'll do it on Twitch. But I, I think what's of note, and some, not, they're not definitely, you know, G4 is not the first people to do this, but um, I don't think it's going to necessarily be to the scripted level, right? So that's one thing to note is that, like, particularly in Campaign 3 for Critical Role, which is what they're on right now, uh, they've got a full, like, studio set that, like, has rain effects in the background, flame effects in the background. You know, Matt Mercer's got, like, a huge, like, almost... Uh, media board that's just covered in buttons and things that you can do right to these effects. I'm sure we'll see something similar with G4, but I think it's going to be more of like a live interactive experience, not necessarily kind of a very polished uh, you know, written, story written by a team of 20 writers, you know, that kind of thing that Critical Role is known for. It's more, it's going to be more organic and knowing the people who are playing it, it's not going to be, scripted just wouldn't work, right? These people are uh, they're, you know, extremely extroverted, uh, over-the-top characteristics, and they love to do that kind of spontaneous acting. So I think it should be fun, especially if you like that kind of organic style of gameplay. Now, there is uh, uh, another show that they are also promoting coming out as one of the debut shows called Boosted. And Boosted is, I believe, League's... But I'm still not sure what Boosted is, and I don't think they are all sure because trying to hear their explanations of it. Oh, the East—it's their esports. Yes. Yep. So it's not. The first episode was hilarious because you couldn't quite get when they were actually telling a joke. You know, <laughs> so they were saying something that was you know funny, or just the reality of what esports is because they're like you know we're trying to make a. Um, a show about esports, but the esports community is a weird community, right? And it's it's a 
as far as for like a professional sports arena, it's also very young, right? It's in its infancy. Yes, there's some pretty big payouts like League of Legends and stuff. Um, but no, if you don't watch basketball, you know who LeBron James is. No one knows who Faker <laughs> is, right? Faker is probably the best League of Legends player. Actually, I of know all that time. name, but I don't you know play it, League of Legends. Like, but I guess think of how many, you know, how many of these players who are huge in the esports scene, and they're just a guy, right? They're just a guy or gal who's playing in esports, and they're like, yeah, this person's like 21 or 23 or 19, right? Um, you and you've got so many. You've, that's the thing too is. In professional sports, you can be a professional sports fan, and you need to cover about five of them, right? Five different leagues. In esports, there's a dozen top games: Overwatch, League of Legends. Um, you've got, and they're different. StarCraft is a big following. Um, Rocket League has an esports league, and they players don't cross over, right? So you. It's going to be very interesting. To see well, how well I'm, I'm interested that. to get in on that. Yep. And I'll tell you this, with, with G4 coming back and how some of the hosts that they picked being some streamers and everything, I am so pissed that I didn't get on the Twitch stream like bandwagon when it first started because, oh, yep. holy shit, man, playing video games and getting paid for that is like my dream. Yeah. And why did I not think to start that instead of this podcast? Because... <laughs> seems like why are we talking about this right now and not on twitch gaming instead yes because <laughs> i want to then be picked to host g4 for something because i would that is i think ultimate dream and well, well you know a little reminisce throwback i don't remember what the name of it was but there was one of their shows where they would actually have it was the earliest day of vr where you had a helmet you were in like this little uh, it was basically like kind of, uh, it wasn't really a treadmill, but it was basically where you were strapped into this ring around you and you could only, you couldn't walk around a room. You were stuck in the same spot. So it worked kind of like a treadmill. The little thing you were standing on was slick and you wore special shoes that slid, but you would be, uh, and actually I don't even know if they did that. I think they just had a, contr- a little button on their controller where you move your character, mm-hmm. but you could turn, right? So you could physically turn and your character would turn and you're aiming your gun physically and that you know and they're using sensors and stuff and it was like this live event it's like four on four first person shooters and it was like almost gimmicky and now it's like that's the whole gaming community yeah maybe not necessarily the vr aspect but that tournament like this was like a tournament of just like people just like random guys like you know you apply to get on there they didn't have uh they had all these you know create nub slayer like these ridiculous user uh Usernames back in the day or aliases, and now we've got, you know, we have superstars. We have gaming superstars. Well, speaking of back in the day, remember uh, Nick Arcade? Yes. And, yep. and I saw a documentary on that recently of just how the people that came up with the interface for live uh, playing against games and how the, the sets were, like, physical sets that they'd have to climb up stairs and ladders, but they could put an overlay live like at that time in the 90s was like unheard of and how these guys sold it to Nick and how it was awesome and how as a kid I always wanted to be part of the games you're like I want to be this so then going forward into the 2000s with G4 and I even watched tech TV back in high school in the late 90s like this is everything that I I want to be and I'm just so glad that it's it's back and they're continuing to develop more shows as they were talking about uh uh, Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, um, he is a wrestler. And actually what I love is, because you brought it up earlier, wrestling and gaming, you know, and nerd. There's crossover, Like, yep. there's a lot of crossover. And, in fact, something that he helped create was this channel called Up, Up, Down, Down, which is mainly him and his wrestling friends you know they're they're wrestling so many shows a week you know this and that but there's a lot of downtime sitting in your hotel room that the guys would just play video games and so he helped uh foster this channel that had them just playing games and so for as a wrestling fan you kind of get to see a little bit behind the curtain because again when you're playing you're not going to be the character 
that you see wrestling, which, sorry to put that out there, but yeah, yeah. they're not real who they are, a.k.a. that's why Xavier Woods is not his real name. Uh, but anyways, he helped create this, and then he, he made this uh, belt, up, up, down, down championship belt, to where people would have tournaments around their big uh, pay-per-view events, like WrestleMania and stuff, where they would then have challengers come in to play a game, and they would make it random and legit, and it was honestly on skills. Uh, and throughout all that, there became factions, there became kind of the enemies, but again, they're all friends having fun. Also sub-wrestling and, genre, and, and it yeah. made for more entertaining than just people playing games, because yeah. you can watch that, but it's got to be entertaining. So them putting a little bit of that wrestling wins-losses aspects and like some some tagging you know, this person they're, in. They're acting flair, right? The, these are actors, strong actors, and able to put that little extra. I mean, that's, you look at the modern, it's interesting, you, you can kind of do those comparisons and almost see, oh yeah, this, you know, this thing that everyone's used to now, it was novel back in the day. So, an example being like, you know, Twitch, now engaging, taking gaming and making it a more engaging atmosphere, right? Now, the difference being that you have live character interaction, and kudos to G4, they still have a screen that shows chat, right? So, the hosts of whatever show it is, if it's one of their live stream shows, you they can actually see chat. So, there is a possibility you could log on to Twitch, and actually, Kevin Barrera will read off your message. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a joke or something, like, funny um, that they comment on, but, you know, that's the thing, right? Back in the... the, the day it was almost he was almost pioneering this idea of you know mixing these worlds together the wrestling world and the gaming world beyond just there's wrestling games right or I'm a wrestling fan I'm also a gamer so I want to say Austin has been kind of hosting a lot of the before shows as well as the big uh, launch and for him when he was uh, told he's going to be a host like seeing how giddy he was because, again, his profession is wrestling, but his other profession is loving to play games. And I honestly, again, I, anyone who loves WWE, I'm not trying to piss you off by the things, you know. <laughs> but, again, that company kind of fucking sucks right now yep. with all the firings for as much money they're making. And their biggest thing is they implemented last year uh, wrestlers because they're they're independent contractors, a.k.a. They do not get any rights. They do not get health insurance. They do not get this. But also, WWE then somehow thinks that they can tell them how they can make extra money or not. And so, anyone that had a Twitch stream, they can't do that if they're going to be wrestling for WWE. Which cuts off some extra money. Because, again, some of these stars, they make money. Yeah. But not all of them do. And they need to have a way to supplement that income. And if they do that by playing video games, then let them be. But the WWE wants to have such a control over their bodies and their minds and everything they do, yep. they stop that. So there's also some clauses where if these people are still under contract but then go do a movie or whatever, they may have a, a million-dollar contract with WWE, but any extra money they do because of WWE thinks that they got this other job because of it, goes against that million dollar budget so something that's been going on with up up down down is they have not had new content for over a month i think close to two months now because all the creators on that channel including austin because he was he was still doing it through the pandemic having fun with his boys uh they're standing in solidarity for him i guess what has been revealed is even his hosting gig for G4, any money that he's getting there goes against his WWE contract. I bring that up because, again, WWE sucks, but also Austin Austin is so great that I could honestly see him quitting and wrestling. Just becoming a host. Just becoming a G4 yeah. host, and I think he would be perfect there. It would suck to not see him uh, being able to do the athleticism that he can in wrestling, but I also think his heart is in gaming. Yep. And I think he's found a home to fully, uh, I don't know, let that loose. Well, and, you know, there's something to be said. It's one thing to have fans, right? And he has fans in the wrestling world. 
and they support him, right? And, you know, they're like, hey, even if you have to keep working for this guy that we don't like, you know, we're supporting you. It's another thing to have fans and actually be able to engage with them in a meaningful way, right? So in, in the case of G4, right, he has the potential to not only have fans, but also actually get to engage in them in a fun way that he enjoys, that the fans enjoy. They get much more than potentially just him wrestling, right? And, you know, those kinds of decisions can also be about life, right? I mean, he's got he's got to pay his bills, right? Mm-hmm. And if he's got expectations of money and all of a sudden it starts disappearing, you know, he might have to make moves. But I, I think that's one thing to be said about this G4, very diverse cast not necessarily just in like racially diverse but just personalities holy smokes that's that's why the beach house was a disaster sometimes but it was a great disaster it is but it was just such a mess because you had such a clash of characters and you can see i mean the old men kevin and adam kevin Brewer, adam sessler kevin panera yeah kevin panera uh you know them walking in and looking at all these young youngins basically in comparison to them, one an experience, but also a little bit in age as well. Um, you've got like Code Miko, uh, you know, a literal VTuber. I, I didn't know what that was, and watched them do some interviews. Yeah, it was hilarious, and it's just madness, right? Because Code Miko's thing uh, is being crazy, right? And people are writing like douchebag and dickhole like on our forehead and stuff like that right because you can you can basically type in or put a message in a chat and it gets written on the character's face and sometimes you can be like a squid or a shark you know all the vtuber things that take over and it's not even good right there's almost like an aesthetic to the fact that the face tracking is not very good and sometimes (laughs) the actual uh streamer behind the code miko face uh, will move weirdly, like maybe spin her chair, and the camera doesn't really know what to do. And so the character's like, you know, Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed glitch style, just like ragdolling and flapping all over the place. It's just, that's like a perfect example of how kind of silly the element, but without, you know, it's, it's silliness without necessarily degrading the art or the people watching it, right? As mm-hmm. a nerd, you're like, oh, this is my passion. You don't think, oh, they're shaming my passion. You're like, oh, these are my people. Right, you feel like they're they're weird, just like you are. Um, and it's just been a cool blast to see, not only you know the two old old dogs coming back. Uh, well, that's KCG four. And some t- and I love the whole cast and everything, but one of the things that has been you know people have been talking about is if it wasn't for Kevin and Adam coming back, would you have watched yeah. this relaunch? And to be honest, I, I, I love the whole cast now that I would say yes, having watched all the stuff coming up to it and loving their dynamics and their, their camaraderie. But also, I don't think I would have been as excited if Kevin and Adam were not coming back. Right, and I would say, like, Kasim has that leadership quality, right, mm-hmm. where he can, like, corral the cats a little bit. He, he's much calmer. Um, completionist seems oddly nice, in comparison to everybody else, he just seems like a normal, nice guy. Particularly if you haven't watched it, check out his uh, interview with Kevin. Uh, they basically do a one-on-one interview. And <laughs> that, it is... that movie poster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's some very fun uh, little gimmicks they've got in there. And it's just like a very wholesome interview, right? And you're like, wait, why is this guy here? Like, everybody else is like lewd and crude. Oh, I'm in love and... with Gina and her lewdness. Yep, and it's just like... And then you've got the completionist, and he's, like, a normal, like, Midwest dude who moved out to California. He's like, yeah, I just like playing video games, man. (laughs) And it's just like, wow, why is it, how does this guy fit in? But it's that eclectic cast of characters that really, it has such a warmth. And I think, I, I would personally say, I don't think it could have been achieved without Adam and Kevin coming back. Because they bring, you know, in a couple ways, right? They bring an element of heart back from uh, the old days, right? You know, people can feel comfortable with, oh, these are the guys I'm used to seeing, and they're still great. You know, they still enjoy what they're doing, right? Uh, And they just bring such a heart to it. And then introducing these other characters into the mix um, with their leadership is just great. I think it's it's a... perfect concoction a perfect equation it balances out really well uh, with the characters and then it's like that consistency right you've got the 
the old dogs are in charge and they're running things. Even like Blair Herter. Blair Herter's there. Yeah. He's in the office. Yep. But <laughs> he shows up every once in a while and you're like, oh, hey, Blair Herter, right? You remember him? Back in the day, he was just like kind of a guy that was on Attack of the Show and you, you, you. He did some things and yeah. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, he's the boss. Like he's. Well, he's listen, the uh, boss. when they did a year ago, a. Two, two years ago? A year ago? I forget when it was. They did a, a special, a Thanksgiving special. It might have been a year ago. Uh, yes, where I they had it was last year. They had almost all... Yep. They had everyone back for... They did some skits. They were kind of sitting around a table and kind of got into some shenanigans. Morgan that, you know, Lab was there. Yeah, Morgan and was there and Olivia Munn was there. Like They had pretty much almost everyone there that was part of the show before. There was a handful of people missing. But... That was really cool, and that made me really think, who all is coming back? And I, I knew some of them weren't, but again, it was nice then. It would be nice if some of them do pop up at sometime, but I don't need that now. Yes. I'm, I'm totally okay with, with the cast now, and if, if for some reason Adam and Kevin leave after a year, I think I'll continue watching, especially when they start developing more shows, because that is one of the things that Austin was saying... Uh, in a pre-taping before uh, the other day, they're testing a lot of things. They are still clueless on what's going on. Yep. They're still trying to get more sponsors because, again, they can only do certain content for certain days to pay people certain amount of money. But when more money starts coming in, they can start doing more content, meaning paying these people professionally to do yeah. more things. And so as it... I kind of... Worth thinking it's kind of light on the schedule of only three shows coming out, but then the extra content that I've had cracking up, like kind of was a little bit down in the dumps, uh, kind of life, just look around you, kind of how it going. I was laughing so hard that like I just started having good memories watching these shows again that I'm just looking forward to whatever content they come up with mm-hmm. and just listening to them talk about what they want to do for shows uh, has just been great. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, one of the things that I've gotten into is Discord. Yes, Discord has been out there. I understand technology. I know things, but and we've used it for our D&D stuff. But I'm really getting into it now that they have a G4 official Discord, and I'm now starting to realize I should probably start doing a few more things with some of the other people that I follow, you know, that I like, because I watch a lot of YouTube videos, um, yep. and follow, because it's entertaining, but educational, and cool things on TV, fine, Netflix, all that, love them, but YouTube just sometimes seems to bring out realness in certain people and certain programs that I'm watching, and so I want to start following more of that and getting involved with it, and just Watching the fans uh, talk while watching the live stream has been great. Because, again, I also have a Twitch that I've now started actually following some people and subbing to some people because this has made me turn to that as well when YouTube's kind of acting up and not streaming as well. But getting into the Discord and everything, they're, they're flat out asking people, what did we do good? Feedback. Let us know. Did you like this? Did you not? And it's great that they're reaching out and doing that. Uh, obviously, most of the times, because you can't really see a YouTube chat all that well, they're usually going to the Twitch stream when they're live streaming. Uh, but again, the Discord there for fans. You know you're in there and not just coming across it because you physically went to this and, and are talking about it. Uh, they also have a, a Reddit uh, subreddit that is not too active, but here's... For me personally, like I'm, I'm just geeked about this, so I, I want to really talk about it. Uh, I found the first night that they did the whole pre-show uh, or failure to launch type night. Uh, at the end, they set a world record with the world's biggest controller and yeah, playing Tetris game controller. Yep. Now there is some sh- I wanted to call shenanigans, but also I was realizing that. Well, some of the people were able to use it, so I just think they didn't know how to use the buttons or there was a delay in turning the the Tetris things. But holy shit, did it not look like the first two teams were really trying not to get a Tetris. Yeah. And that's where I was like thinking, 
some, something is really weird going on, but it wasn't until they finally really started doing it and obviously started using her butt that it, <laughs> it came out yep. uh, that they could make some high scores. So I was just going through Reddit and I saw this thing come up of uh, this battle mode where these people are going at it. Pieces are coming down left and right and in battle mode, I guess, it brings up blocks from the, the bottom. Like You need to then get a Tetris and then that causes if the you, other... If you get a Tetris, it sends blocks to the other side. Yeah. So. And it was just these people going back and forth and I just thought it was funny because I'm like I just watched what they did the night before. I would love to see them try this even, knowing full well they wouldn't even get past like the first yeah. line. Yep. And so I just cross-posted that in G4 and for me, I'm just a little geek because then Golden Boy comes in and just, I titled it, I'd love to see the G4 staff try this. And he just goes, we would lose hardcore or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, he responded. The <laughs> G4 host responded to me in my post. And yeah. I don't know. I, I'm realizing that I honestly probably would geek out if I saw them. And here's the thing. We've gone to many cons. We've talked to many famous people. It's not that hard, but just this... I don't know, just means so much in the world of, again, what's going on. And many people have had that sentiment online posting, this just makes them happy. Well, I think it would speak to, and it's something that I found with Twitch. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's multiple creators that I follow and I engage frequently in their chat, right? Just the idea that, um, you know, and I would say this, you know, recommendation if people, for people who, you know, we're always looking for community, right? We're always looking for uh, how we, you know, people, other people of similar mindsets we can connect with. And uh, I think a big part of that, Twitch opens that up, right? YouTube lets you consume and YouTube can get you some like really cool creators. Like you can find some really cool creators, but you know, the, the live streaming and I mean, YouTube has it, Facebook's got it. Uh, Facebook ended up buying, I forget what it was called, the other one. Um, but, you know, and Twitch kind of being the king right now, uh, you can directly engage with creators and other fans of that same creator, right? So there's one particular community um, that I was, uh, she was doing a five-year anniversary since her uh, channel became a Twitch partner. So for anybody to know, there's levels of affiliation as a streamer on Twitch. Twitch partner being the highest level, that means you get 50% of the subscription fees go to you, right? So the higher affiliate level, that just means you're engaging people. So Amazon's basically like by by having, you know, this minimum level of engagement that you're bringing subscribers in, we'll pay you more of the percent. And so you get 50%. That's where people start actually making a living being on Twitch. And so it was their celebration for five years. And uh, as part of it, we did, uh, Valheim was one of the games that she plays often, and we did, a, um, you know, basically think uh, Viking Minecraft, except not the, you know, square graphics, but the same idea, survival game. Well, we had a, a building tournament, or competition, and so I was able to engage in that building competition, right, where it was just like 30 minutes, they, they prepared the mods uh, for her channel, and her went in, and they prepared all the materials, and they're basically like, okay, go. Right? And you had 30 minutes, and then she came back later, and as the review, you got to chat. You know, chat got to talk about it. She was kind of talking with you. You actually got to get into Discord, um, in her Discord, and get onto the stream, right? So I got to talk on stream, which is always a fun little thing. You get, that again, that little giddy. You're like, ooh, you know, <laughs> I'm on this, the Twitch streamer right? or whatever. Um, they're just a leveling of engagement, right? And then the chat gets to, they put a poll up, and the chat actually gets to vote on who wins, now with G4, you have all of those avenues of engagement open, and you know I highly recommend people who are like love that element of community. I would even say that that community that for any of my MMO gamers out there, you've missed since World of Warcraft first came out, and it just had that vibe, and just no MMO has really kind of captured that vibe quite quite the same way. Um, also, we're all older, and so we have jobs and stuff, and so we don't have. Uh, 60 hours a week to commit to World of Warcraft, but um, you know, Twitch, Discord, these kinds of like media outlets really provide a cool opportunity to engage with the audience and other audience members, right? I mean, it's cool. You, 
you, you know, you got to actually engage with someone actively involved with G4, and you get that little flush, you're like, oh my gosh, they're actually, they're paying attention to the peasants, like the kings are looking at the peasants, that kind of thing. Uh, just really cool, and I love that G4 is taking advantage of it, and not just saying, let's just relaunch with things that we think people like. They're actually asking, you're like, hey, what do you guys want to see? Because that's what a Twitch streamer would do, mm -hmm. right? They'd play a game, and they could look at their numbers, they could be like, oh, when I play, uh, Minecraft, my numbers are 20% higher than if I play another this other game, you know, if I play Overwatch or whatever. They can do that, but then they can also directly just engage with people and be like, you know, how do well, you like this or not? One of the things, too, that I was a little worried about is there is a lot of people that are watching it streaming, yep. so they're not going to be watching it necessarily on TV and when it comes to ratings. However, i got to remind myself, though, a lot of these people are smart, young people that understand TV ratings don't necessarily equal how many people are watching it because there is, again, they're using these these two uh, platforms that you can see their counts that way. And I do and think that they'll... And you get an they'll... exact count on Twitch. Yeah. Where, like, on TV, it's Nielsen ratings, right? They, um, now with cable TV, it's a little bit better. They can say how many, you know, cable providers can say how many people were actually... You either DVR'd it or actually watched it. They can now, but for so long, Nielsen ratings were like, we surveyed like 10,000 people, yeah. and this is what they said, so it's probably about that value, right? But you Quick thing, know. Uh, I had something where they sent five bucks to fill something out and like said they'd send five bucks more for that. It was a radio one, and they legit did, and I yeah. thought... It oh, it won't hurt for, for 10 bucks to do this. I filled it out for a radio. What do I listen to in my town? And uh, it was kind of cool. I always wanted to do the TV thing because I'm like, back in the day, I'm like, these are the shows I want them to keep making. So I'll yeah. keep watching my shows and choose me to listen to. And, I mean, Nielsen, so Nielsen Ratings being the king of ratings, uh, they actually would pay people to have a cable box, a special cable box that tracked what they were watching. And then that would it would send that information to Nielsen who would you know, collaborate, and then they sell, right? So they're paying people, but then they're making money because they're selling it to, like, TV channels and stuff, you know, that because you use that for ad advertising and stuff. And fun fact, my first job out of school was actually for a company that wrote software to program channels. Oh. So uh, there were, like, some sports networks like ESPN and stuff and a couple other channels that actually used it. Uh, I think Discovery used it at the time, but basically we would import a lot of that information. So I got some nice third-party knowledge around Nielsen ratings, which are now unnecessary because Amazon basically said, hey, we built Twitch, or they Twitch was built, Justin TV back in the day, and Amazon bought it up and was like, hey, we'll just sell it directly, right? You can see exactly how many viewer counts you have at different spots. You can see what games, what entertainment people are really watching, and they just give the fans more of what they want. It's a great, it's a great equation. So something funny that uh, before starting Drunk on Comics, when me and Derek would just talk nerdiness at the bar, I had come up with the idea for a show to put on G4 that I wanted to pitch to someone that could listen to it, and it was going to be called Secret Stash, and it was going to be all those, like, hidden, like... Oh, the Easter eggs. Easter and, eggs yeah. and, like, movies and video games and, like, the, the explanations behind them. Because, again, there's, you know ones that most people might know of like you know this happening or or how to get to the secret worlds in Mario Brothers and stage two of level one and and how to jump over that warp pipe stuff but again like how those were programmed or like really get into it and I thought that would be a fun uh channel to or tv show to watch on the channel uh obviously then even as like a, it would be good as like a limited series mm -hmm. right I mean you know, think Netflix style, but like 10 episodes that cover 10 big things. I say that now because uh, I would just love anyone to do that. Yep. I would be entertained, but also I'm putting this out there so that like there's record that I came up with it first. <laughs> just but, let us know if you make it and you didn't consult us that, you know, our lawyer will be contacting you <laughs> yes. for a share of the profits. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so giddy about this. And, uh, I can't wait to see what more is in store for, for G4. Yeah, and I think it's it's the perfect platform. It's one perfect timing. Uh, we I feel like we've needed something like this channel, not just for like the lightheartedness and a dark world, but, um, you know, it's just, it's approaching the content that we all love 
in a way that we can all like absorb wherever we are and it's just using a lot of great tools to bring us the content we want um and i i i wasn't i will say at the beginning i was like okay cool they're bringing back g4 uh the beach party was hilarious i could catch it from time to time but i was like all right i kind of like more of like a scheduled show and knowing what content it is and stuff because i can only stand so much silliness and i'm also working during the day but knowing that I have those shows, Attack of the Show, X-Play, they're different kind of like little side shows, the loop, you know, things like that. It's just really cool to be able to see it come back. And I think it has the spirit. It's like this perfect mesh of grumpy and silly. Um, it's got the perfect actors and cast to do that. And so I am, as well, very excited to see what they do. And I can't, you know, it'll never happen again, but maybe I'll find something that I can tell my kids about, like, when I used to sit on the couch E3 <laughs> weekend and be like, no one asked me to do anything. Yep, yep, I'm not doing anything. I want to see all the new games that are coming out and I'm what's going to happen. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to birthday yeah. parties. I'm on this couch. I'm bringing all my snacks here, and I'm going to be playing video games on whatever handheld device I had while I watch just nonstop video game news. Yep. So uh, as we get to our closer to our destination, uh, we're gonna sign off and uh, listeners, uh, stay thirsty for more G4 because I know I will probably be bringing it up uh, a lot more often now of yep. of the funness that uh, I saw on the week uh, to this podcast. Uh, my name's uh, username is Graham Kraken on Twitch, and so if you see me in the chat, be sure to throw me a shout out. And I'm uh, Noodles Montana, and uh, do the same. You'll so. see us out there. Cheers.